Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. I'm your host, Sean Morgan. Today, we're going to have a great show. We're going to question the mainstream narrative, expose media propaganda, go over all of the latest headlines of what's going on in the world. And we're going to talk to Patel Patriot about devolution, what's going on with Horowitz and, and Durham and all of these people who are showing that really the deep state is being held accountable for their crimes slowly but surely. It's going to be a really interesting conversation, all that and more right after a word from our sponsor. In early 2021, a short squeeze in silver was initiated. What does this mean? It means that individual investors can take advantage of a global supply shortage in silver, while the big banks will have to end their contracts with physical delivery of an asset that's becoming scarce to non-existent. Low supply plus high demand will cause prices to increase rapidly. The only way to take advantage of a short squeeze is to own physical silver. Call Sovereign Advisors today. They have over 27 years of experience identifying these trends. So you can maximize your return while at the same time minimize your risk. Call them today before prices go up any further. 720-605-3900. Well, this is the beginning of Making Sense of the Madness. This is where I go over all the breaking news headlines. We call that the Sean Morgan Report. So let's dig right into it. Well, the Department of Defense has this document that leaked today about vaccine data, and it's pretty shocking. This is what attorney Thomas Renz has to say about it. This definitely proves that Biden and his cronies at DHHS are outright lying when they claim that this is a crisis of the unvaccinated. It's just the opposite. It is a crisis of poor Americans that believed big government, big media, big pharma, big tech when they promoted lies and that the vaccines were safe and effective. It is unquestioningly a manipulative marketing for profit and power scheme at the expense of American lives. And this is what the documents showed they showed that actually 60% of the hospitalized people after the vaccine were actually the vaccinated and the hospitalizations spiked after the vaccines were released so these vaccines are causing people to get hospitalized it is completely the opposite of what they've been saying about this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated it's actually of the vaccinated so this is important uh, an important leak that came out today. And it's good to see that uh, attorney Thomas Renz is on top of this because he's leading the fight against this tyranny. So California has become the first state to require students to be vaccinated just to attend school. And I'm sure this is causing thousands of parents to decide to pull their kids from this type of setting and bring them into private schools or homeschool them or try to figure out an alternative because there's a significant portion of the population that does not want to inject their children with an experimental gene therapy. Well, Diane Feinstein has introduced a bill to require COVID vaccination in order just to fly domestically in the United States. That's right, just to travel in the US, she wants to require that you have to be vaccinated. So if you work at a company, more than 100 people, you got to be vaccinated. If you want to travel, you got to be vaccinated. And yet the documents that were leaked today show that it's the vaccinated that are getting hospitalized. This is not adding up. This plan to get people vaccinated, this push where they said they wanted to go door to door, it's really coming into focus that it is not just ineffective. It's not just unsafe, but it's a method of control 
And it's much more, much worse than we even thought was possible, especially if you saw yesterday's episode where we showed on camera the type of nanotechnology and parasitic uh, organisms that are in these vials, these jabs. So um, just keep on tuning into American Media Periscope. We're going to be reporting on this on a daily basis. Pretty much nine of the 12 articles that I have today to go over are about the pandemic. So this is the number one issue. We're not going to stop reporting on this. Well, good news in Australia, a state premier that's basically an equivalent to like a governor of New York or California, she just resigned. And she was one of the biggest uh, state premiers that was really going for the lockdowns. She thought she wanted it to be permanent. She was really coming after the unvaccinated. And as soon as they launched a probe into corruption on her, she resigned. It just goes to show that when you shine the light on these politicians, they scurry like cockroaches. And so we have to just keep on showing up in force and letting our voices be heard. And there will be an impact. Well, Peter Nygaard has agreed to a U.S. extradition and Toronto police are announcing sex assault charges on him. He's basically just another Epstein who's, you know, multimillionaire, billionaire, and he had his own island in the Caribbean and uh, his own son was testifying against him. So this is great news that these pedophile ring uh, financiers are they're being brought to justice, you know, one by one. We've got uh, Epstein was arrested and Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. Now Peter Nygaard's arrested. Uh, this is all good news. Things are happening. Well, there have been this mystery rise in heart attacks during the time when people were injecting themselves with shots that caused blood clotting. So I'm wondering, what is the big mystery? Uh, you know, not to mention the fact that they're locking us in our homes. They don't want us to go anywhere without proof of vaccination. Uh, they're ramping up remote working and delivery of goods. So people are sitting in their house, eating crap, getting fat, and then they're get, injecting themselves experimental gene therapy that causes blood clotting. So it's just a wonder that the Times put out this article that it's a complete mystery that heart attacks are on the rise. So it's kind of a slap in the face of anyone who does critical thinking. Well, Revolver put out an exclusive article today about the shocking rise in murder, the murder rate since 2020. And they had some interesting graphs in this article that demonstrate that the murder rate didn't rise immediately when the pandemic started. It actually started after the George Floyd incident, and after there was a very coordinated push by leftist groups and the media to encourage violence. So this is interesting, 30% increase in murders. If the trend continues for 2021, there will be 12,000 extra murders in the United States. That's four 9-11s in the past two years. And murders in 2020 didn't surge when coronavirus lockdowns hit. They didn't surge when they ended. America's murder explosion coincided almost exactly with the precise moment George Floyd's sad life came to its sad, predictable end from a fentanyl overdose on a Minneapolis street. What happened after Floyd died? 
Again, it's no mystery. America's cities, large and small, erupted in an explosion of mostly peaceful protests. Politicians and major papers talked seriously about abolishing the police. The left vilified and defamed police officers as a class. Police got the message. Stops went down, tactics were scaled back, and experienced officers quit in droves. Criminals became emboldened to commit more flagrant crimes and carry illegal weapons. Check out that article on revolver.news. They really dig into the statistics. Uh, certainly not just Black Lives Matters. It's Antifa. It's the media. It's these leftist politicians as they provide a safe haven in these uh, blue cities. So it's a system that has increased the fatality rate, the murder rates in America by 30%. 12,000 Americans dying because of these leftist talking points and policies that foment a civil war in our country. And so we need to place the blame where it needs to be on exactly the people who are claiming that they wanted to uh, improve relations by defunding the police. Speaking of police, three more eyewitnesses were, you know, who were arrested actually for January 6th. They're speaking out on the police killing a protester at January 6th. Her name was Roseanne Boyland. The three witnesses have been identified that confirm Capitol Police were allegedly responsible for her death. The problem is that two of them are behind bars in Washington, D.C. jail with no bail for months now. The other is under home incarceration. Their voices have literally been taken away from them. And now Citizens Against Political Persecution has exclusively identified two other eyewitnesses willing to speak out from the depths of D.C. jail and another uh, that we mentioned in home incarceration. So this is what the uh, eyewitness said. I'm going to read his statement. I was there when Roseanne Boylan was being trampled by the police. I was at the bottom of the steps in front of the hallway. Many people were screaming that a woman was being trampled by the police. I responded as fast as I could. I saw her lifeless body being crushed under the officers and hit with their batons. They were kicking her viciously. I acted to get them off her. I was maced. I still hear the cries for help. My memories of this hectic situation started affecting me much more after I found out that she didn't make it. We didn't save her. I've seen body cam footage since then of a Trump supporter giving her chest compressions in the hallway as the police continue to attack the people who are there to save her. So as God is my witness, this is the truth. The cops are even still striking her lifeless body with their batons and boots. These are the body cam footages that are not released. I can send you body cam footage of my involvement if you would like. So very interesting. We've got cop we've got good cops, we've got bad cops. I'll tell you what, the Capitol Police are controlled by Pelosi. They are separate breed from the rest of the cops. And they had their marching orders. And sure enough, two Patriot females were murdered by the police on January 6th. That's the story that's not getting told. Well, Luckily, luckily, we do have sheriffs in the country who are standing up against Biden. They say they will not enforce Biden's unconstitutional COVID mandates. So they're not requiring, requiring their own staff to get the vaccine. But they're also just saying if there are businesses under their jurisdiction uh, who are refusing to vaccinate uh, force vaccinate their employees, according to the new mandate, they're not going to do anything about it. So this is in 12 different states. You've got patriotic sheriffs respecting the Constitution. It's a beautiful thing to see. 
Well, in Zimbabwe, the government is illegally demanding that people get vaccinated in order to attend church. This is a Christian majority country. The high court in their land has already said this is not allowed, but the government continues to try to prevent people from going to church. Now, the vaccination rate in the country is extremely low. And so that means that 90% of the people who want to go to church can't do it because they're being asked to prove that they were vaccinated when they weren't. So this is the anti-God, anti-Christian agenda, trying to keep people from getting together, from worshiping God. They want us to keep our mouths shut. They don't want us to praise God. And when they do let us go to church, they say, make sure you don't sing, right? Because of the droplets. I mean, it is totally fear-based, totally demonic. We've got to stand up for our religious rights. Well, the Australia police is now urging the government to issue no-fly zones over Melbourne so that people won't see how massive these anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine passport protests really are. That's right. There are so many thousands of people protesting in Melbourne that you can see them from airplanes. And therefore, the government's solution is to say, don't fly airplanes over this area. We can't let Australians know that this is happening because then they'll join the protests. This is a great awakening. I mean, we're seeing it in Australia first because that's where the playbook is more advanced with the authoritarianism. So we're seeing Australians stand up for their rights and it's causing a wave of people waking up. So now the I'm gonna read just a Trump statement just because it's been kind of hard to keep track of what Trump has to say when he's been deplatform from a lot of the social media, sometimes it's hard to get the straight answer. What is Trump saying right now? You can go to donaldjtrump.com. You can go to his Telegram channel if you can find one that isn't fake. But so I'm just going to read this statement from Donald Trump. He says, snuck into the government funding bill or CR, the Democrats are trying to pass and just found is unlimited money to random, unscreened, unvetted Afghan nationals. Republicans can't let this happen. This is a further insult after Biden's humiliating withdrawal from Afghanistan that needlessly killed 13 Americans. This is not a clean government funding bill. It's a major immigration rewrite that allows Biden to bring anyone he wants from Afghanistan for the next year, no vetting, no screening, no security, and fly them to your community with free welfare and government-issued IDs. We've already seen that some of this horrible assaults and sex crimes that have taken place, but these terrible assaults will just be the tip of the iceberg of what's coming if this isn't shut down. The CR even covers people who don't live in Afghanistan and haven't in many years, as long as they used to live there. So Biden and Blinken can load up planes of former Afghans from, Af from Pakistan or elsewhere without any limits, checks, or even lawful visa or refugee status. The only rule is that Mayorkas, an incompetent radical, give them a green light. This bill must be opposed. So that is the official statement from our president, Donald Trump, warning us about the deep state plan to embed unvetted criminals into our country. Well, that's it for the breaking news. Let's go to um, a commercial break. We'll be right back with Patel Patriot to discuss Horowitz and uh, Durham and devolution. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. 
Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow. And to thank you for your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. Go to mypillow.com right now to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you can get my premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now just $29.98, the lowest price ever. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Well, we are back. I'm going to introduce Patel Patriot, not his real name, but he has been researching this theory called devolution, the continuity government plans that Trump might have put in place to, you know, figure out how to circumvent the new secretary of defense and Biden and keep the power in the command structure of the military. We're going to dig into what's going on with uh, Horowitz with Durham and how this might fit into the devolution narrative. Let's welcome Patel Patriot to the show. Thanks, Ron. Hi, it's good to have you back for Devolution Fridays. So what have you been researching lately? Have you been writing? Um, you know, actually, I've been uh, I've been working on my speech. I got that upcoming conference in Vegas, that, that Patriot Double Down that I'm going to. And um, a lot of my focus lately has been on that. Uh, so I think you, you, there's still tickets available. The, the PatriotVoice.us, uh, you can get your tickets there. I'd love to meet so many people in person, so don't be afraid to do so. But outside of that, there's a there's a couple things that you know I have in the works. Um, I'm at a point now with with this series where I don't want to put anything out there just for the sake of of putting something out there. I want it to be, you know, still um, you know deep and and full of of good information. So, uh, you know, there's a few things I, I don't want to discuss what they are yet because I'm not sure what direction I'm fully going to go. But, um, but yeah, I got, I got a few things in the works. Well, there has been breaking news happening that I'm sure you're interested in. I know we both look at the investigative journalism of Brian Cates, and he's really been covering what's going on with the, the revelations from the IG Horowitz, you know, the all yeah. of these FISA abuses. I mean, this just came out of nowhere, right? I mean, the timing's unbelievable. And then, you know, we've got more subpoenas from Durham. So I would like to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, let's, um, let's start with the, uh, let's start with the Horowitz one. You know, I feel like he, he started this review quite a while ago, going over the, the whole uh, FISA court stuff. And, and it's very interesting. So um, you know, with, with the court, the foreign, uh, foreign intelligence surveillance court, they have what's called these wood woods procedures because it's, it's an ex parte proceeding where the government is there to present a case against you and you're not there to defend yourself. So, uh, you know, they were abusing this power back in the nineties and, and very early two thousands. So they, they came up with these woods procedures where, you know, they have to basically verify every single piece of evidence in these FISA applications. And if they, if they don't, or if there's anything that's false, then it gets, either gets thrown out or, or um, you know, the whole thing gets dismissed. And it come to find out that Obama's FBI has been abusing that for for quite a while. And now he's been uh, he's been looking into this since since a while ago. You know, I think he could have easily come out with this report in 2019 or 2020. And so one of the more interesting things is is the timing of it coming out now. It's it's almost as if Durham 
essentially, you know, slowed them down and they're waiting to time it at the same time. And then also they were talking about the total number of, of FISA applications that were in there. I mean, it's, I think there were 7,000 and that was in, included in a range from like 2015 to 2020. So that's including stuff that was under Obama's, I mean, um, under Trump's presidency. So it, it works both ways, you know, who knows what, what, what Trump and Durham and who, you know, Trump's FBI was doing with that stuff too. Yeah. Let's talk about, you know, how FISA works both ways. So you've got, uh, that Obama, you know, did a, a under 7,000 and, uh, something like a hundred or 200 were either, they just totally broke the rules. Right. And that affected probably thousands of people because, uh, just because you want to spy on a hundred people doesn't mean only a hundred people were spied on. You got to just do yeah. two hops from them. So that affects yeah. a lot of people. And that, that affected Trump because it's first, it was like Carter page and then that affected Trump. And then that affects Trump's family and then the transition team and then the new, new administration. But you're saying that Trump, he had the ability to spy on who he wanted to spy on and then two hops from them. So that includes pretty much yeah. all the deep state because they're all incestuous anyway. They're all two hops from each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, that's it's more speculative. We haven't really seen any proof of that yet, but I'd be surprised if that's not the case. Uh, but yeah, like you said, there, there was over 180 or, or something, you know, of these Woods procedures where they were either missing completely or incomplete and so you talk about i mean corruption it's how, how do you lose a woods a woods procedure file it's just it's completely i just i can't believe it so yeah it'll be very interesting to see um you know how durham gets into this too because you know his his investigation is going to get into this and that's why i think the timing of it is so interesting because horowitz comes out with this and then there's those new subpoenas and, and it really looks like they're they're filling out that uh criminal conspiracy charge and we'll see how, how high up it really gets. I also noticed some signaling online that some of the deep state uh, operatives were kind of panicking. Uh, you had John Podesta putting out uh, a tweet, tweet that said, Code Red. <laughs> you know, like, oh, really? Why is he saying that? Yeah, so um, they're probably panicking now. Uh, so any other thoughts, any other comments on how this fits into the devolution narrative? Because we just had the Arizona audits report. I mean, that, that doesn't mean the story is over. I mean, probably not yeah. even everything was presented. Uh, stuff has been referred to the state AG. He's going to do his own investigation. That takes time. He's going to criminally prosecute people. That's going to come out into the news. Uh, so that whole thing hasn't really fully dropped yet. But you were saying yeah. that drop was the only real requirement that Trump needs to be able to make a reveal that he instituted devolution. So give us just a quick overview of what is devolution and then why you think Arizona is a key marker for when Trump could make a reveal about it. Sure. Well, devolution, you know, Trump knew that the election was going to be stolen and, you know, leading up to it, it, it only made sense that he would have done something about it to prevent it from happening because, you know, that's who Trump is. It's how he operates. He's a builder. He's a problem solver. Um, if, he, if he sees a problem, he's going to do something about it. And so there's multiple times where he, he referenced the election theft in, in the summer of 2020. And so when, um, you know, Biden was declared the winner and, and he was inaugurated on the 20th and, and Trump just walked away, um, I believe Trump initiated this continuity of government plan called devolution. And that's uh, essentially how it's his path back to, to the office. 
He, he devolved his authority down to uh, special operations forces geographically spread out throughout the country. Um, and, and this, how this plays into Durham, which you kind of mentioned a little bit ago, you know, leading up to the 2016 election, right? This, this whole Russia thing and, and all the stuff that these FBI agents were doing in the Clinton campaign and, and Perkins Coie, it, it was all in an effort to, I think, link Trump, you know, to, to Russia and, and almost scare people from voting for him, you know, paint him as this, this Russian agent. And so maybe, you know, that would help Hillary win the election and they thought it would work. And if it happened, then they could brush all this stuff under underneath the rug and nobody would ever have known any different. Well, Trump gets elected in 2016. And then the entire first term of, of Trump's presidency, it's the deep state scrambling to try to figure out a way to prevent this evidence and, and this, this story from coming out and then also get Trump out of office. You know, I mean, the, the, you have the entire um, Mueller probe, you have the impeachment scandals, you have, I mean, just scandal after scandal, lie after lie from the media, everything they could do to try to discredit Trump and get him out of office. And it all culminated with them stealing the 2020 election, right? And so now leading back to, um, you know, the Arizona audit and why I think that's important and why I still think there's more to come there. You know, what we saw last Friday was, was really... Um, it, you know, it, it was good. It was, it was, it was very good. It, it provided a lot of information. A lot of it was basically what was wrong with the 2020 election in Maricopa County. There was many duplicated ballots. There was uh, machines connected to the internet. I mean, it, it was, uh, that, that whole election was just like Swiss cheese. There's whole holes everywhere in that election. Okay. And so I don't think we've seen the true vote count yet though. And I believe that's still coming. The, the, the kinematic results, which is the actual vote count, the tally of uh, Biden legal votes versus Trump legal votes. And that's what I think Trump is waiting for because once we see that, and once we see exactly how much fraud there was in this election that it was stolen, I think that's all Trump needs to reveal that, you know, he, he didn't let the election actually be stolen. He defeated the election theft before he even left office. And that's he did that through devolution. Sorry for the long one. No, that that's that's great. So the the millions of I think it was one million uh, files that were deleted, uh, and they yeah. they caught they caught the three people from surveillance camera, and they have screenshots yeah. of those people who were the ones who deleted those million files at those three computers. Uh, they know what time they were deleted. They know what computers they were deleted on, and they know who deleted them. So. Does, is that data relevant? Do you, do you think to to this, or, oh, yeah. or uh, are the vote counts going to be related to to something else? Do, do you think we're still waiting to find out uh, additional forensic evidence regarding vote tallies? Yeah, you know, I I, th I think I'm more concerned with with the actual true vote count because I think that's what America needs to see is that Trump actually won the election. Everything that everybody's been saying, you know, from the conservative side and, and Trump. And the Republicans, we've all been saying and basically screaming that there's election fraud, but the media and, and everybody else has been saying, no, no way, this is the most secure election in history. So I think the true vote count, once it's finally revealed, is going to go a long way to, to discredit the media and and wake people up. When they see the disaster that's that's happened to our country, I mean, this our country has is, is kind of gone to, gone to hell lately. And when they realize that the person running it wasn't even duly elected and they stole the election and the media basically helped doing it, that's going to upset a lot of people and wake a lot of people up. So I think that's important, but that's not to say that the more technical stuff, like like somebody signing on the day before the, the forensic audit in Arizona was supposed to start and deleting all those files, that stuff's important. But I think 
the, the more technical stuff like that, I, I want to see that evidence come from the military because I, th- I think they have that. And whether it was a foreign interference doing it or, or wh- whoever it was, um, I'm not too concerned. I just want to see the true vote count from the Arizona audit and we can see everything else from, from the military through the devil, devolution operation. So how do we get the true vote count from the audit? Where, where is that? When do we see that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've been trying, you know, I think it was, is it Jovan who's, who said it's coming and it has to be, I mean, they, they did this whole forensic audit and they looked at every single ballot under a, you know, a, whatever magnified lens, a camera, there's no way that they don't know what the true vote count is. And that's even without doing a signature verification. They, that's one thing they didn't even do, but you could, you could see on last Friday's report, there are some signatures that were just like a little, little period or a little comma almost, and, and they counted it. So, I mean, if you take that out, it'd even be more drastic, but I do believe that the, the true um, vote count is coming, but even without it, even without it, there were 17,000 votes that were, were, were duplicate. That's enough to overturn the election in Arizona for Trump. And that's just from one county, right? So if you look at the big picture, I mean, we don't even need to really see much else, but they didn't tell us who those votes were for. That's, it was really funny. I mean, I think the whole initial report on Friday was almost like a, like a trap because leading yeah. up to it, leading up to it, the mainstream media was screaming, oh, this is just, it's a frauded, it's, you know, none of this is, you know, don't put any weight into it, don't report anything. And then they come out with the the results. And then the very first thing the media is reporting on is, oh yeah, they, this actually showed more votes for Biden. And so they're all <laughs> in on this report now. And so what happens yeah. when in a couple of weeks, how are they going to discredit something that they're already pushing again? You know, it's just- That was really weird was because it didn't- prove that Biden won, but that was just the story they ran with, you know? Uh, But I also found it an interesting trap because they put all of their ammunition against Cyber Ninjas. And then Cyber Ninjas is the one that presented the least interesting and lowest number totals of discrepancies. It was actually uh, the Cotton and uh, and Shiva, who actually presented yeah. high, high things that reflected high numbers. So, so all of their ammunition went against the group that didn't really have that much to to do with the uh, you know the high number issues in in that particular yeah. report at least. Uh, so that that was an yeah, interesting no, trap, I think, as well. It's very interesting too, because I mean, even looking back at uh, Mike Lindell's symposium, you almost wonder if that was kind of with the same goal in mind. You know, he's coming out, right. he's going to show all this PCAP data, and and you know they had to switch their stream or whatever like six times because they kept getting attacked, and you know there's all sorts of shenanigans that were going on. It almost looked like a trial run for whenever they do decide to show the true PCAP data whenever it comes. You know, so it's almost like that was right. a, a decoy, kind of a trap, and then maybe maybe this first initial report out of Arizona was too. But again, it's, I'm not saying it wasn't beneficial. I mean, because the, the report on oh, yeah, Friday it did was. show fraud. It definitely was. But people just, can only handle so much information at once, right? I mean, sure. those were sure. three very technical presentations, and it was a lot to take in. So to it's it becomes overwhelming to try to share uh, a lot of information. So, but I also they had another trap before the trap. They they leaked uh, the report yeah. before the actual presentation. Do you want to comment on that? Yeah, that was interesting too. I mean, there's almost like three reports I've seen come 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 out of around this. There's the leaked one, and then you know two more that I've seen since the one that came out the like minutes before it started, and then a more full picture one that came out afterwards. And you know, I, I don't know. It's um, again, I think I think it all has to do with with trying to set the media up almost for their narratives. And you know, the leak report, and then they reported that it was the frauded, and then all of a sudden Biden actually got more votes and. 
but they didn't report on anything of significance that we actually learned from there. They didn't report about the internet connection or the the one password that everybody used from from 2019. And all the you know all they chose to do was report uh, a lie that Biden ended up with more votes, which which wasn't even true. So again, I think it's all setting the media up for for what's to come. Right, but you're saying that. Um maybe it'll be space force or some other agency that comes forward and says hey we we observed or surveilled foreign interference what or you don't know where the totals are going to come from yeah you know i um i think that the totals will come from the actual paper ballots right because you know you can look and see and i don't think it was space force necessarily I, i'm more of the mindset that it was cybercom and nsa because they you know they had the whole russia um small group set up to monitor the 2018 midterms and then um so and the nsa and cyber comets run by the same general general nakasoni and they they went from the russia small group and they made it permanent and i think it's the election security group or whatever it is now and they were specifically monitoring all things election related so if anybody from the military is going to capture any evidence of foreign interference or just interference in general with the machines and switching votes it's it's going to be them and so I think at some point we're going to see that evidence because I do believe it's out there, but they're not going to be able to show us which ballots were legal and, you know, to begin with, you, you know what I mean? They can only show us what was flipped and, you know, they can show us stuff from Biden to Trump or Trump to Biden, whatever it is. But I want to see the actual true vote count from the ballots in the ballot boxes that were legal. You know, and you see stories like, um, gosh, was it, was it in Georgia that it came out the other day that th there was a, a Zuckerberg ballot drop box that had 19,000 votes in it but they had it recorded like surveillance on it and only 24 people dropped off ballots there the entire time it was so how, how did 24 people drop off 19,000 ballots right there's stuff like that oh, all over my. the place yeah yeah that's why to me i don't i don't need any type of forensic evidence of fraud i saw it on the night of the election when when they stopped yeah. counting and they boarded up all the windows and the vote totals changed on the live tv screen i mean to me this is just a whole almost like a charade but you know there are those other people that that didn't wake them up when they experienced that unpre unprecedented uh stop and counting votes and uh all of these data anomalies don't seem to register for those normal people so maybe something else will when when it goes through this process like with cyber ninjas they had uh, live streaming of the observation 24 hours a day uh, yep. so i mean it's like you know absolutely foolproof you know type of operation that they did what do you think what do you think will actually wake up people that it was stolen i mean just an announcement or do you think it's when the mainstream media is forced to report uh you know something different yeah. from what they've you been know, saying I, you know i'm not convinced that um you know the the election vote total is necessarily what's going to be what wakes people up i think i think all everything else that's going on is what's going to wake people up but back when you know the election happened we were very polarized as a country you know every you know the media painted trump to be this this evil person um you know i think there's a lot of people that probably saw the the vote fraud but they didn't care they wanted biden to win right well now fast forward after every failure that's happened under the biden administration and we're you know 15 days away from potentially defaulting as a country and that's going to you know upset a lot of people right so those people that before didn't care that there was election fraud and denied it 
you know, now all of a sudden, like, well, what the heck? I wish uh, I wish Trump was actually back in office. That would be a great time to show that, you know what, Biden stole this election. And then everybody has a reason to, you know, pretty much demand Trump come back. You know what I mean? Does, it, does that make sense? Yeah, it's a cumulative, cumulative effect. Uh, so it's sure. when they see that uh, Clinton's minions were, were, you know, trumping up fake charges on, on Trump's associates to spy on them. And when they see yeah. that the Clinton Foundation was doing money, money laundering or whatever, or when they see uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's, you know, court documents are naming Clintons and different people or, and, and it's just the same names over and over again. It's like Clinton, 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 Clinton. Yeah. And then the, it starts to come into focus. Okay. This is a Democrat thing you know, this, or, or maybe it's a Hunter Biden thing that ends up uh, implicating Joe Biden. And it's just yeah. like this avalanche of a lack of trust in Democrats and the Biden administration. And then before you know it, people are just like, please bring back Trump. The economy just crashed. We yep. need someone to, to, to fill this vacuum uh, of leadership. Uh, but, you know, people are waking up about the vaccines, too. I mean, yep. you've got uh, celebrities like Nicki Minaj and NBA players questioning the vaccines. And then you've got the F. Biden chants going on in the stadiums. And now the, there's yep. microscope evidence. They're looking at these vials under a microscope. They're seeing nanotechnology. This is corroborated with the Charles Lieber research, the guy, who, the Harvard professor, getting paid by the communists yeah. in China to do research about brain interface uh, nanotechnology. And his associates were trying to sneak vials out of the Logan airport. So, you know, you just combine all this stuff and it is going to, to wake people up. And I personally think it's yeah. the sex crimes against children. And, and, and especially if there's also vaccines that damage children. When, when that's something that just unifies people, it doesn't matter if you're left or right, yep. it's when you hurt our children, we start to get unified. And we're already seeing some unification. The Black Lives Matter is now protesting the yep. vaccine passports in, in New York. Yeah, I think there's, there's two big ones. Like you said, one is the, the children. I mean, that's something a lot of people can unite around is anything that affects the children. And you saw like Gavin Newsom just today announced that he's going to require all children to, to get the vaccine before coming back to school. And I think that's going to be a, a big deal. But then the second one is the financials. You know, when, when people see their 401k tanking and, and, you know, if we default as a country, that's going to be un, unprecedented. And, and there's, you know, that, that could potentially be happening here soon. So it, it'll be, um, that, that's a, a, a really big one that I think will wake up a majority of the people. Those two things, the, the vaccine stuff and stuff affecting children and then stuff affecting people's bottom line and their wallet. That, that's going to upset a lot of people. And, and we're already at the point, I think, right now where, you know, I think if if Trump were to come back, I think it would be pretty widely accepted. But I, I think we're, we're getting really close to the point where, I mean, Trump might not have to do much. People are just going to demand that Biden be gone, you know, and Trump just kind of stroll back in we're getting there right biden is playing the role of the fall guy you know the guy that you just pin all the blame on for everything going wrong you've got the gasoline prices yep. going high you blame biden the afghanistan withdrawal problem you blame biden the uh lockdowns the vaccines you, you blame biden but ultimately what trump built his whole campaign on well, besides immigration, which we can also blame on Biden now, is the economy. Yep. So I, I'm with you here. Yep. I think that when the economy crashes, it is that moment where 
everyone just wakes up and says, you know, we need a leader like Trump that can bring us back to economic life. Uh, because what did Trump say over and over again? You're welcome for your 401k going through the roof. You're welcome. Yep. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm taking all the credits. I have the magic wand. I'm the one that made the economy what it is. Lowest unemployment rate. It's all because of me. And then Biden takes over. It goes a completely different direction. So even the deep yep. state is going to want to get rid of Biden because they need a scapegoat. And then when they try to bring in somebody else like Kamala Harris, would you think the deep state has any type of contingency plan here? with her or somebody else? You know, that, that's a good question. I mean, I think the enemy always gets a say in stuff. You, you can, you know, Trump and, and those running the devolution operation, I think they've planned for a lot of things, but um, you can't really account for everything. But the, after seeing everything that's gone wrong with the Biden administration, I don't know, I don't know what counter moves they're going to have left. And even if they do do something to, you know, get Kamala in there, if they, you know, the 25th Amendment, whatever it is, I, I don't think that's any better of a solution than what they have going on right now because she's just as disliked as as biden as if not more i mean oh she I, got I, lower she, wasn't she, she pulled lower right uh when they ran yeah. against each other she pulled way lower uh and yeah. she's the borders are i mean she's the one in charge of this big disaster she doesn't even visit the border and when she does she's just like passing out books that she wrote <laughs> i mean like yeah so and she clearly yeah. just has no idea what she's doing yeah. She doesn't seem, I mean, all she does is these speeches, you know, she doesn't really do anything. She's just doing like this yeah. kind of, same thing as Biden. It's, it's, it's more of a press, you know, a PR type of thing instead of a policy type of thing. Whereas, you know, you had Pence was actually doing stuff, you know, he was doing uh, policy related actions. And it seems like uh, all Biden and Harris do is hide and then occasionally yeah. appear for some type of publicity stunts, but uh, very yeah. little, you know, actual leadership, right? Yeah, and it's it's incredible too because you, you look at Trump's presidency, and he he was such a good president. He got so much accomplished, and the media was against him at every turn. They framed everything negatively. I mean, they no matter what happened, they they didn't give him credit for anything. And then here we have the complete opposite side of the spectrum, where you have arguably the worst president in history and and the failure after failure the the failure cascade a lot of people are calling it and the media is totally on their side and trying to spin everything in a positive light and yet they can i mean some of the stuff you just can't spin it's that bad you know what i mean so um you know they don't have to face a single tough question any question they do face is you know pre-selected and pre-scripted i mean biden's reading the answers to these supposedly random questions off a, off a teleprompter so i mean that just shows you all you need to know it's it's um, it's that bad right now. And, and there, there's really no way they're gonna be able to spin what's coming, especially if, if Durham comes out with all this stuff and, and we do see a real vote count and we do see all this stuff from, you know, the, the Maxwell and, and, you know, the, the economy crashing, they're not gonna be able to spin that stuff. They're already pretty irrelevant. The mainstream media is right now, but, um, they pretty much signed their own death warrant because they've lied to the, to the American citizens for so long about some major things. And uh, when the truth comes out about everything, I mean, they're, they're done for. Let's talk about the nuts and bolts of devolution, how it works with the command structure sure. and, and uh, how, I mean, because 
some people will just argue with you and say, well, Biden is the president and he's passing laws and people are following them. So, uh, but you're not really arguing with that, are you? You're saying, yes, that is true. He is doing stuff and some people are following him, but that doesn't mean the devolution wasn't put into place because what it really comes down to is, you know, who controls the nukes? I mean, can you explain that? Yeah, so I mean, the devolution itself—it's a real continuity of government plan. There's there's plenty of uh, military, um, and not just military. I mean, you can look at, at FEMA's documents, and FEMA is the one that they're kind of the, the continuity of government coordinators, so to speak. The, the word devolution is in there many places. You can just do a Google search. Uh, there's a specific army pamphlet that has uh, the word devolution in it. Uh, I think it's 41 times. And so, I mean, it's it's a real thing, right? And and I believe Trump initiated it, and yet he, he left office on the 20th. And I think he did so to avoid a civil war, because if he would have provided evidence that, you know, there's foreign interference or at least Biden didn't win the election at that time, it would have been um, it would have been bad. It would have gotten ugly with how high tensions were. But anyway, he um, initiated devolution. And, and so, yes, Biden, he assumed the office. But has he really done anything of of consequence or anything that can't be reversed? I, I don't think he has. So while he's while he's doing stuff that those running the, the devolution operation, they're they're manning their uh, mission essential functions they're called and, and we don't really know what those are it could be um you know our nuclear reactors around the country maybe that they're protecting those it could be the you know it's, we know it's not the border because we're being flooded at the border and there are some essential functions that are you know financially or operationally unfeasible to to protect but um essentially what what the devolution those running the operation of devolution are doing are not letting us I mean, they're, they're basically protecting us from being attacked, I believe, from from outside forces while everything's going on until they're ready to make the reveal that, that Trump is ready to be put back into place. That That's an important distinction because some people interpret this devolution thing as that means the White Hats are in control of everything. They were in control of the botched Afghanistan withdrawal and they're in charge of, uh, you know, what's going on with the vaccines and the mandates and stuff. But you're saying, no, those are that's collateral damage. And it's being yep. basically allowed to happen temporarily with the hopes that it, it can be reversed. So uh, with me playing devil's advocate here, uh, this Afghanistan thing has been a travesty. I mean, we've got uh, military oh, yeah. equipment that's been uh, – we, we can't track it. You know, it's going into different countries, into our enemies' hands, including biometric uh, information. Uh, from our allies, like facial recognition and fingerprints and different things like that. Uh, that that's that's huge. Of course, the eighty-five billion dollars worth of equipment, and uh, now they're bringing in all these Afghanistan refugees that are unvetted. They're already committing crimes. They're already bringing diseases. You've got the border yeah. invasion. It's the same kind of idea. It is an invasion of criminals, and uh, of course, there are plenty of poor people and, and 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 victims and pawns that are involved in this. But there is also a percentage of people who who seem to be bad actors that are a part of that invasion and then we've got the vaccine mandates and people are losing their jobs or losing their money so to the average person when they hear you say don't worry sit back and relax open up your popcorn uh, enjoy the show the white hats are in control they're thinking to themselves it's never been this bad it's getting worse every day what do you mean everything's fine what do you mean the good guys are in control but you think all of this can be reversed can you comment on that I do. And, and I, I don't think anybody should just, you know, sit idly by and, and, you know, wait for something to happen. I think it's, I think part of this, is it's very important for us to get involved and take our government back at a local level. So you can get involved in your school boards, you can get involved in your, you know, your, 
county commissioner, whatever it is, you can get involved at a local level and, and that's going to fix a lot of problems too. What I'm saying is I believe, you know, Trump has taken care of the top down. We still need to take care of, of the bottom up. But, there, you know, I don't think the White Hats are in control of everything, but I, I think they're also, you know, maybe they, they have their hand in some things and pushing things along and, and, and almost allowing the Biden administration to make all these mistakes. You know, you look at um, the Afghanistan situation. I, I, I covered on my show last night that I do devolution power hours uh, three times a week. And we specifically talked about Afghanistan because it's kind of relevant right now with all the hearings and everything going on. And and, and you look at in, in Feb or I think it was February of, of 2020, they signed the Doha agreement. Right. And so that was the Trump administration signing a deal with with the Taliban. OK. And I think Biden and the guy I had on last night, the guest, his name is, is Just Human. That's what he goes by. He, he believes in the same thing. This is kind of his, his theory a little bit that he thinks Biden wanted to get his own deal. And so that's why he wanted to withdraw. And, and if you look at some of the hearings, you know, Senator Cotton was, was questioning Millie and, and uh, Lloyd Austin. And, you know, Kabul fell on the 15th of August. And then Biden didn't get any advice from his military advisors until August 25th. You know, and that was what six days before they were supposed to fully withdraw, and so so you could tell Biden was was fully pushing to try to get us out of there. Didn't take any advice from his his military commanders, even though they were t supposedly saying you know that we should keep some sort of presence there. And you look at why he might have wanted to get out so fast. And so in one of my articles, I tie Biden and Hunter Biden to to China, and I China was in there right away trying to get in on the rebuilding process to get access to those mineral rights. But then what happens? It's not China who gets in there. The Taliban makes a deal with South Korea. So South Korea gets, you know, the mineral rights and everything. That's pretty interesting. Oh, I, I think see that. That is very interesting, actually. Yeah. Completely counter to what what uh, Biden, I think, would have wanted. But it's it's something that Trump, I think, would have been okay with. South Korea is an ally. But, and then also look at um, what the Taliban's doing now. They're, they're fighting ISIS, you know? And so... I believe the Doha agreement that there's a couple of classified annexes in there. You know, Congress has seen it, but I, I don't think anybody else has. And I believe that part of the agreement was likely that they would be the ones fighting ISIS for us, right? That's in order for us to leave, somebody has to stay there and fight the bad guys. So it's probably whoever we made the deal with, right? And so, and that's not to say that the Taliban are good people because, you know, they're, they're not, you know, they've never really been our friend, but it's, they were willing to make a deal. They wanted the war to end. And it's more like the, you know, the enemy of, my enemy is my friend type of thing. And, and I got to credit that to just human. That was, that was his, his line, but, but what's going on over there. It's, it's definitely, um, there, there's more than meets the eye because, you know, if you sign a deal with the Taliban and the deal is to, for them to fight ISIS, you know, you'd probably provide some sort of weaponry for them to do so. So <laughs> is that what happened with the, the millions and millions really of dollars? That's a really good point, Patel. That That's not a lot of people talking yeah. about that angle of things. Um, because, yeah, the, the Taliban get painted as the super bad guys. But, I mean, it is all relative when you have ISIS versus Taliban. Uh, you go with Taliban every time as a closer ally. Um, ISIS is more of like the militant uh, pointy stick that the deep state funds and uses, kind of like Antifa. Yep. And so we want someone to be fighting ISIS. That's a good thing. And, yeah, yeah. I guess we just handed over a bunch of uh, really good equipment to someone who can <laughs> fight ISIS. And then, and then, too, you got to look at it. You know, who, who is the Biden administration and the media backing in this whole thing? They're they're backing Ghani and the Afghan government, but but we know that they wanted us to stay there. They wanted us to keep giving them boatloads of money 
they, they wanted this war to continue because there's so oh, much corruption. They, they all like just drained the bank accounts and flew on helicopters the heck out of there like yep. the most parasitic type i mean no leadership at all like leadership is where yep. you stay and you stand and you represent the people they were just grabbing money hand over fist stacking it into any type of vehicle they could to bolt out of that country that just shows yep. their true colors uh so yeah, yeah i don't trust the, the, that government at all no, and that, that's that's why we had to make a deal with the Taliban because the, the Afghan government they didn't want a deal. You know, they they wanted that to continue. That was kind of we're kind of their gravy train, and that's how we are with you know plenty of places all over the world. That's that's what's wrong with the political establishment over the last twenty years is we're just everybody's gravy train, and there's so much corruption involved, and that's part of what Trump was trying to to defeat and, and clean out. But um, but yeah, so I mean, we made a deal with the Taliban. They're the ones running things over there now, just like kind of Trump negotiated back back in February of twenty twenty. And so I'm I'm not too convinced that it's not necessarily going according to plan over there. Again, not to say that the Taliban are the good guys. They're just, you know, maybe the, the And it lesser doesn't evil. mean that the 13 American heroes died um, because the White Hats wanted them to, uh, you know. No, no. It's that, just... that was Bi – Biden still ran the, the, the withdrawal. I mean, it was his decision, his administration's decision that directly led to those deaths. You know what I mean? It was so, his decision to have I, that drone kill that family as well. Yep. Yep. And that's what's coming out in these hearings. I mean, I think they're trying to paint Millie as this this bad guy, but um, I, Millie, I don't think he was, he's just an advisor. You know what I mean? They're trying to paint him as this fall guy. They tried to do that with that phone call thing. And, and yeah, he's not I, I just a commander. No, they're, they're trying to distract from the Biden administration's failures. And that's what's unfortunate about these hearings is, you know, it should be Biden up there taking these questions, but but it's not. It's these military commanders who were basically ignored the, in this whole process, you know, and and they're the ones catching fire for all this stuff and getting blamed from Congress. But it, it's really not their fault. It's 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 the Biden administration who, who made every single one of these decisions that led to these deaths. Right. And it just so happens, you know, that now now that things are playing out, we're 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 to a point where I, I do believe that this is kind of the deal that Trump envisioned in the long, long run anyway. Well, it seems like we're running out of time with the vax mandates. You've got uh, millions of, of Americans might be losing their jobs, losing their income. That puts a lot of pressure on the American people. And, uh, and, and you've got the conservatives being purged from the military, from law enforcement, from border patrol, uh, because they're being, you know, pressured to take the vax and they don't want to, so they're resigning. Yep. So it's a de facto purge of conservatives and patriots, the actual people you do want in the military and you do want in border patrol and law enforcement and so forth. So it seems like if the White Hats are going to make a move, it has to be soon, because uh, you can't just allow all of the military to get purged and then make your move. That makes no sense, does it? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. You know. I can only speculate that devolution exists based on the circumstantial evidence that I found and laid out in my articles. I still don't know how it's going to play out or when it's going to play out because th this is all unprecedented. You know, there, there's no document out there that's like, yep, um, October 2nd is when you make the reveal, you know, based on X amount of, you know, COVID vaccinations. That's just, we, we don't know the specifics of how the operation goes down. And I, I do believe there are specific markers that they're waiting for to make the reveal, but 
but we don't know what those markers are. That's only those involved in the operation. So it, it is unfortunate that you know our military is potentially being purged right now, and what's going on with the vax stuff, and you know it's it's gross, but it, but it's still that's on the Biden administration. And, and if you think at the scope and who's all involved in a, a, a devolution operation, it's really not that many people. It's you know Trump and some close cabinet members. It's some people in the DoD. It's the combatant commanders, and then those who are actually running and protecting the mission essential functions throughout the country. We don't know how many that is. Maybe it's a thousand people. Everybody else in the military doesn't know what's going on. So not only is Biden red pilling America with his failure cascade, but those in the military that might not know what's going on are also being red pilled. And this is all just setting the table to make it a more palatable return for Trump when he, whenever he does come back. I really hope the military is waking up because you had that instance where you had uh, someone in the military, uh, only one uh, person of significance, uh, going public with his criticism of no accountability with the uh, Afghanistan issue, and he was sent to the brig. Right? He he was basically told yeah. to shut up and Scheller. go to go to go to the jail. So uh, you know that's got to make the military wake up because. I'm telling you, this has got to piss off military people more than anyone to see 20 years yep. in American lives uh, and Americans maimed and all of the trillions of dollars of money go down the drain. It was all basically for nothing. Uh, you know, that yeah. has got to really make their blood boil and, and, and call them to act, right, to try to take back our country. Uh, so that's why yeah. I think it, this has to happen soon. Yeah, you know, I don't think um... – I don't want to ever, you know, advocate for anybody like taking up arms. You know, I, I don't think we're going to have to get to that point. And I want to make sure that's clear. And, you know, nobody's calling for a, like a, a an armed coup or anything, but I, I just think it's, it's making it easier for whenever Trump makes his reveal, you know, the, there's not going to be anybody in the military that's going to be like, well, heck no. And then, you know, we have a little civil war there. I think that this whole thing, the whole devolution operation, it was, it was specifically initiated to avoid a civil war. It's, it's to, right. for, for the That's least the kind of the whole point of it, pop. isn't it? Yep, exactly. So, like I said before, if, if he makes the reveal, you know, he has all this evidence, I believe of the election fraud and everything that's gone on prior to January 20th. I think he could have made the decision to reveal it then, but look at what happens now by walking away. He avoids the civil war then, and he allows, you know, the, the Democrats to move on with their plan to destroy the country and, and basically, allow china to take over in a sense you know what i mean and so he's he's exposing the democrats for who they are and, and the political establishment for who they are and and the media for who they are and so now when when he comes back he, he's basically defeated everybody you, you know the, the biden the democrats will never win an election again if there's a free and fair election that's that's my opinion the media is going to be completely irrelevant because they've been lying to everybody for so long i, I just think this is um this is setting the table for a total trump victory whenever he decides to make his reveal which I do believe has to be has to be soon, or else yeah. uh, people will so. start to go vigilante. You will start to have uh, the military turn on Biden, and, and it's gonna it's gonna look bad, right? If that's just gonna, the mainstream media and the Biden administration, they will use that against us if they have examples of vigilanteism and examples of military, uh, you know, trying to uh, do something violent. Okay, so let's talk about the. Um, command structure about the mission mission essential functions of the, you're saying that this yep. is a small number of people involved 
what are some of the things that the what are some of the potential things that the mission essential uh, duties would be to keep our country from being attacked and by keeping us safe and stable during this very precarious kind of time when the enemy yeah. has the reins over our country? Hey, you know, that, that's a good question. It's something, um, you know, a, a devolution plan like this is going to be completely top secret, you, you know, so it's, it's tough to, to really know what exactly is involved and in, in what they're protecting. Um, it, you can really only speculate on what it is. And, um, I think it's more so, uh, you know, critical infrastructure type type things like our our power grid might be one, and you know maybe it's nuclear reactors throughout the country. It, you know, there, there's all sorts of of things that if they if they were to fail completely, it would absolutely just destroy our, our country. Maybe it's the internet. Maybe you know I don't know specifically what what they are, but but that's what I think those running um, the operation. That's what they're they're protecting. They're they're basically just keeping the lights on, keep keeping the place from burning down until. Trump is, you know, until they're ready to enter into the reconstitution phase, which that's kind of the final phase of, you know, okay, we, tr Trump comes back, you know, and, and we kind of rebuild back to close to where we were before the operation went into effect. Yeah. So just keep the enemy at bay, uh, keep the cyber attacks down, keep, keep all of these different yep. ways of sabotage, keep an eye on all of the different maybe sleeper cells of Chinese communists that are in the country or in TIFA or whatever, track them, uh, surveil their communications and, and prevent any false flag attacks and that kind of thing. Um, yep. Yeah. Critical infrastructure being being the main thing. Let's talk about the combatant commanders. Tell us about how many sure. is 11 or 12 of these people who actually 11. do have to know about devolution and who do have the power to uh, use weapons of mass dis destruction and, and so forth. Well, yeah, I, I guess um, I'm not specifically sure about the weapons of mass destruction part, but, uh, you know, it, the, well, who's the, the commander right now? So, sorry, this is a really important point. So if uh, Trump devolved his commander in chief uh and that's who has control over the decisions regarding yep. weapons of mass destructions when we have a regular president commander in chief. So Trump devolved yep. that decision making to who? Do you think? You know, I, I believe it's 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 likely special operations forces, but you gotta remember Trump Trump left with a nuclear football, you know, and I think that's why it was brilliant how he how he left on inauguration day. He he left the White House at eight in the morning and he was still president and had control over the football and the codes until um, you know, noon or 11 or whatever it was. And so he left with a football, he got on the plane, you know, from the air force base and, and flew away with a football. And then, you know, 11 minutes later, Biden was inaugurated and they supposedly had to give him a football. And there was a whole big fiasco with, with Pelosi and the football and whatnot. But, um, so, so at, at one point we have, we have two footballs in play and really all that matters at that point is the codes. So, I mean, if, if Biden is, is going to come and try to use those codes, I don't believe they're going to, be valid. I don't think they're going to work. I don't know if, if Trump necessarily has, you know, those codes. I think Trump's more so serving as an advisor right now, him and Pence and those that initiated the, you know, the operation. I think they're more so advisors than they are actually in control. I, I don't know who specifically would have uh, control of the nuclear football right now, but um, as far as the combatant commanders go, the, the way our, uh, the command structure works for our militaries, it goes from the president to the secretary of defense, and then it goes down to these 11 combatant commanders and there's seven of them that are um geographic you know to specific geographic areas you know very defined lines and then there's four of them that kind of go all over the world that's like cybercom and transportation and, and space force and each one of those combatant commanders was 
nominated and under Trump. There was one that was nominated under Trump and placed under Biden, but still every single one of those was was a is a Trump guy. And and you look at at how the structure works that they're the ones that make every decision, you know, for in the field, you know, combat. So if if there's a, you know if we're going to war with China, let's say the Indo-Pacific combatant commander is the one that has full control over what we're doing over there. Does that make sense? So each one of these people are it does. really the only and, ones that they have know. submarines uh, with nukes, and they they have you know uh, other types of uh, lower level artillery that could do just as much damage uh, if yep. it's strategic enough. So to me, that means that the command uh, authority has been devolved to eleven people uh, to be able yep. to do as they see fit. And basically they're just trying to prevent a war from ha happening actually, yep. or, or to respond in, in, in a way that would, would, uh, you know, try to, uh, diffuse a situation, uh, as quickly as sure. possible, just try to neutralize an enemy if, if something happened, uh, but they would have to probably be given some autonomy because, uh, you know, there has to be some kind of command structure and it just seems like those would be the 11 people to do it. Certainly. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They, you know, they have a lot of, they have a big arsenal definitely. And, and they have um, control, but I, but I think still in, until they're ready to make the reveal, they're not, they're, they're going to be following orders from Biden, you know, kind of playing along as he kind of plays right, in the white right, house. Right. Just, but they're just not like, gonna, you Oh, know, you want us to go over here? Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. But in reality, exactly. we're, we're sending a, a secret fleet to stay over there, <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe, you know, I, I don't know, you know, that's very possible. I just think it's more so, you know, they're not going to go through with any massively terrible orders. You know, like if if somehow Biden orders them to to nuke uh, Texas because there's too many Republicans over there, you know, I don't think they're going to do something like that. But, um, you know, they're going to follow the, the little orders like, OK, we're going to withdraw from Afghanistan. We're going to abandon Bagram Air Force Base. OK, well, you told us to do that. That's what we're going to do. Stuff like that. They're going to follow. They're not going to do anything disastrous you know because i think that's would be part of the dev devolution operation and some of the mission essential functions if, if some if, if they get an order that would go against the operation to protect the mission essential functions i don't think they're going to follow that oh yeah obviously not uh, so you think that these 11 people are patriots have you vetted them at all have you looked at their track record uh, how confident are you in these 11 people you know, I'm I'm just confident because Trump, you know, he's the one that that put him in place. So that gives me the confidence I need. I trust Trump. You know, everything that he's done um, has been a he's been pretty good about his his decisions. You know, there, there's definitely some decisions he's made personnel wise throughout his presidency that you could question. But I think these ones are um, these ones are pretty concrete. And a lot of these guys have been there for for two three years even. You know, so um, I'm, I'm confident. I, I don't think for an operation like this, I think this is something Trump has been planning for a while. Uh, you'd almost have to, you know, to, for, to pull it off successfully. So I think he has the right people in the, the right places to, to, to carry it out uh, appropriately. Great. Is there anything that when you share this message about devolution, there are some really common misconceptions that you always have to, uh, you know, deal with and answer to people. Is there anything we didn't cover related to that? Yeah. I mean, a, a big one I get a lot is that, um, you know, Trump is still president and, it, that that's not the case. He he's devolved his authority as president down to you know whoever it is. You know I can only speculate. Um, you know maybe it's the combat commanders. I th I think it's the, you know special operations forces running the show, protecting the essential functions. But uh, Trump is not president. He's he's more of an advisor right now. And you know I don't think Biden's really president either. M my theory is that that Trump actually used 
his his executive powers, his, his war powers, whatever it is, and through a presidential emergency action document, he suspended the, the electoral college vote. That's how I think he did it. And that's why I think all we need to do is see, you know, one true vote count exposing the fraud, and then they can reveal that, okay, well, Trump suspended the electoral college vote. Biden isn't legitimate. We're going to have to reconvene and do a, a new vote. Again, that's just my theory that could, could be wrong, but that would be um, one way that it would be by the book. And all we have to do is follow procedure and re yep. he would be possibly reinstated or, or maybe a revote. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Again, my theory, I think it's going to be a revote. I don't think we need to decertify anything because I don't think it was actually, you know, carried out in the first place. The, the, the presidential emergency action documents are, are very important here because they're basically the highest level of power that the president has. Nobody even really knows what's in these, these documents. We've only even heard about them through obscure other, you know, FBI, you know, declassified material, whatever it is. And, and four times in 2020, the, the Democrats in Congress were trying to get access to these. They're, they're, Adam Schiff had um, a, a bill, I think it's called the Protecting Our Democracy Act, where they would get access to these these peds and it didn't pass. And then he, he actually um, he actually tried to push the bill forward again. He just released it in September here uh, again, trying again. And in there it says, you know, Congress gets to review all these peds. And I think they're scared that there's something in those peds that Trump did it's almost like a, a tell, like a giveaway. Like, why do they keep wanting to see these documents unless there's something in there that's that's they're worried about, right? So that's why I think whatever Trump did, exactly. he did it through these these documents. Yeah. Right. So so why would Americans want to even do a revote if they don't trust the machines and they don't trust the system that we have now? Do you think there would be have to be any kind of basic um, reforms done? Uh, possibly, like do a hand paper ballots only, uh, one day, one vote, voter ID, you know, what are your thoughts on some of the reforms that would be necessary for people to even be willing to do a revote? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think we're going to need a revote of the whole election. I just think we're going to need a revote of the electoral college vote. That's all I think we're going to need oh, okay. for, for Trump to come back. So that's what I think he's suspended. But, but looking forward, you know, I, I think there's going to be a ton of reforms that comes from this stuff. And especially because of the forensic audits that, that are taking place, it's exposing a lot of what's wrong with our elections. And I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we get to almost like like a blockchain type of system where, where you can verify everything. It's secure. Um, you can't really hack it. It's I think that's where the future is. There's even a patent out there from I think it was in 2020 or 2019. Uh, and I think it was the United States Postal Service that did it. Uh, but there's a blockchain voting patent out there that came from underneath the, the Trump administration. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the future. But but yeah, we do need to get to one day a year you know, no mail-in ballots unless it's for specific reasons and, and it can be proven that it was actually you that did it. And, you know, I, th I think that's where we're headed. But um, as long as the Democrats are in control, we'll, we'll never get there. But that's why I think it's important that, uh, you know, devolution is real and, and Trump comes back because if, if we get to 2022 and, you know, Trump hasn't come back by then, I think we're, we're in some trouble because if, if they're allowed to steal more elections in 2022, they'll have enough members to pass the HR1 and then they'll never lose a presidential election again. So this isn't just, um, you know, the, these four years that we're, we're waiting on to, to fix it. This is the rest of our country. Yep, exactly. So, so it's, um, it's let's walk through the, uh, the electoral college revote because what we had happen on uh, January uh, 6th was that you had a bunch of swamp rats uh, ignore yeah. intelligence briefings, uh, ignore the constitution 
and just uh, vote according to their treasonous nature. So what would prevent that from happening again? And how many states do you think would have to kind of be overturned before they would be willing to do uh, a revote that would actually make a difference? I don't think it'd be many. And, you know, you know, who knows how, how far back this will go? Maybe it's, um, maybe they, there might be a whole bunch of different people in, in state legislatures that, that send in different votes, even based on how much fraud there was. I mean, you look at Arizona, for instance, there's, <laughs> there's some election, you know, there's some, um, elections that were you know decided by 400 500 votes you know there might be a completely different person in there that's that's sending in the the electors so it could change everything and i think there's um all we need is like three states isn't it it's arizona pennsylvania and georgia those all have republican legislatures so i think if if we expose the fraud and there's enough there the people are going to demand that, that that trump come back they're not going to go against the people's wishes this time i think it's um unavoidable Absolutely. I just hope that uh, we can maintain and keep this country safe and stable enough to be able to handle this type of transition process that you're describing, uh, because yeah. uh, this is unprecedented. You know, this is going to be a situation where you probably have uh, people going crazy on the streets, at least a few of them, right? Uh, where the deep state is going to pull, be pulling out and activating uh, every last operative that they have to try to distract and try to cause more chaos and try to, you know, yeah. push at any inflection points that they think they have in, in this type of irregular warfare. So, uh, you know, this is a time to try to stay, keep your family safe, keep your family secure. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that about preparing or, or, or economically or physically uh, for safety or anything? Yeah, you know, I think it's important. I mean, you should always have some sort of, um, you should always be prepared for worst case scenarios. I think that's a smart thing to do. And even in good times, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You should plan for everything the best you can. Um, I, I think, you know, part of what's happening now and what's been happening over the last, you know, since middle of 2020, if not before is, is like Antifa, for instance, I believe the military has almost completely mapped them out. They've been surveilling those protests since June 1st. And I think, um, you know, they were looking into it and we haven't really heard what, what happened with, those investigations. So I, th I think they've got Antifa fully mapped out. I think they got pretty much any bad actor that, that they need to. I mean, you can't account for everything. There's probably going to be some, you know, whether it's false flag events or, or some, you know, damage done, you can't prepare for everything. But I think the military is going to do a pretty good job shutting it down. You know, any any riots or anything that takes place, they're not going to be allowed the, the long leash that they were given by these deep blue state governors uh, in the summer of 2020, I think that they're going to be shut down pretty quick. So I'm not too, too concerned. It's possible stuff will happen, but you should always prepare accordingly. And, you know, whether it's food, weaponry, um, you know, if, if you can and you're able to, I think you should have some of that stuff and, and be prepared. But that, like I said, that should be standard. It shouldn't just be because we might be approaching something bad here. You should always, you know, take precautions. And we're heading into the winter here pretty soon. So you got to take care of your energy supplies and, uh, all types of different things in, in those cases. So uh, tell us about your new website, devolution.link. What's on there for people to access? Yeah, so that's kind of um, a, a compilation of everything that, that I've got going on. So one of my uh, the Telegram um, members, he, he created this website. He's, just, he's a techie guy. He's a good guy. And he started putting this all together. So you can get access to all of my articles, whether it's the, the Devolution specifically the, or the addendum stuff. And then also any of my uh, contributing author articles are on there. You can also listen to all the articles. They're not just the printed version. You can get the audio versions as well. And then in my upcoming schedule, um, you can see all of my power hours that I've done. You can see pretty much all my interviews that I've done. 
Uh, we're working on a little glossary for some key terms. Um, there's, there's all sorts of, I mean, it's pretty much anything you can think of relating to devolution, pretty much everything I've put out there, it, it's available on this, this link. And it's, it's probably the easiest thing you could share with somebody who might be, you know, finally waking up to what's going on or just curious, you know, you know, is Trump really done? You know, I've keep hearing these rumors, you could refer them here and they could, they could poke around and, and get access to pretty much anything they need. And you are staying very busy. I'm seeing you're going live almost every single day, interviewing with Jordan Sather and, and a lot of different people. Yeah. So that's really good to see. So as the news comes out, you're putting things, you're analyzing things, you're putting them into the devolution context. So yeah. thank you for being a digital soldier, putting this out there, giving us kind of a calm peace of mind, uh, but also, you know, staying grounded and, and staying realistic at the same time. Appreciate all the work yeah. that you do, sir. We are going to commercial break. We'll be back for my final thoughts. Hello, Thanks, everyone. Sean. This is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Now, did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's 844-USA-2024. Tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. Well, you know, it all comes down to one question. Do you trust Trump? You know, Trump, that guy who infiltrated Hollywood and the Clintons and acted buddy-buddy with everybody and then surprised all of them by running for president and running for this whole platform of For the People, saying that he was going to build a wall and he was going to stop human trafficking at the border. And nobody believed him. No one thought that uh, this guy who had a failed Trump university was really going to make the economy great again. And yet he resonated with the American people. They thought they'd give him a shot. And sure enough, over four years, he did start to build that wall, and he did make changes so that it basically the Mexican government was paying for it due to certain things. And he did make the economy great again. We had historic low unemployment. We had historic legislation against human trafficking and many other accomplishments. So he proved himself, didn't he? He proved he was working for the American people from his track record, not to mention the fact he was an informant against the mob. He was an informant against Jeffrey Epstein. He helped, under his DOJ, arrest Jeffrey Epstein. And everything that Jeffrey Epstein represents as a deep state player connected to the Clintons, connected to Hollywood, connected to intelligence agencies, and connected to that evil against children. And so do you trust Trump? Does Trump seem worried right now? Or does he have this positive, carefree attitude? And do you trust the 11 combatant commanders that Trump put in place to be in charge of all the important decision-making of all the weapons of our military? I think that's why you have Patel Patriot sitting back in his armchair just saying, no, I really just don't think it's going to get too bad. I really think everything that Biden's doing can be reversed. I really just trust Trump. It really does come down to that. But it's not just Trump. Remember Patel's analogy of the sandwich against the deep state, where you have Trump and the military coming from the top down, and you have we the people 
on the bottom, surrounding the deep state and forming that sandwich. We all are part of the solution. This is the Great Awakening. We are awakening to the corruption that's in all of these captured institutions, but we are the plan to fix it. We will make America great again by thinking globally, but acting locally. This is like the second American Revolution. And just like the first one, it's a small minority of freedom-loving patriots who will throw off the yokes of tyranny. We can do it together. So thank you for watching American Media Periscope. Uh, we are America's patriot-only super channel. And on Monday, we have Sean Stone, Oliver Stone's son. He's got his own body of work that's amazing. He just put out a great documentary about the deep state and the deep state power structure. We're going to ask him all kinds of questions about this latest documentary and give us you know, information so we can understand the deep state and understand how it's structured. And next up, we have Pete Santilli at 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for tuning in, Patriots. Good night and good luck. And the deep state is cornered. And checkmate is coming, my friends. Mark my words, but not without a fight. It's difficult for us to make sense of the madness in this confusing environment we're in. And I get that and I understand that. But know this. We are under a wartime command structure. And we don't know what we don't know. Hold on to that stable datum during this period of time. And everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay... It's not quite the end. So hold the line, patriots. Have faith and hold the line. There is a plan. It's unfolding in God's time. And yes, we, everyone in this room, are part of that plan. And we are doing this for posterity, as General Flynn always reminds us. We're doing it for the children. So we may turn over to our children and grandchildren the America that perhaps a lot of you and I grew up in, because that America is long gone. We're in a post-constitutional lawless land right now, and that's about to change. Everything is now being exposed, and the debt-based monetary system is being exposed. And I caution everyone, another collapse may be imminent in this battle for currency supremacy. The dollar through debt, inflation, and other means is in fact under assault. And the Federal Reserve, here we go. Here's a sound bite, you've heard them before. There's nothing federal about it, and there is no reserve. <laughs> the Federal Reserve is no more a government agency than Federal Express. Don't take my word for it, go look it up. So all is being revealed now. Gates, Fauci, Klaus Schwab, Event 201, UN Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030, the election theft and the COVID scam. The